0: Welcome to episode 11 of Did You Bring the Hummus podcast. I'm Kimberly, your host, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. Did You Bring the Hummus is a podcast to help you go vegan. Every two weeks, I'll share a new episode discussing all things vegan. Most importantly, we'll talk about how to embrace this meaningful decision with fervor and fun. Episodes post every other Monday on your favorite podcast app. Before we get started, I have one very important question for you. Did you bring the hummus? Today, I am joined by my good friend, Karen Sammer. Karen is a more than 10 year breast cancer survivor and a three year spontaneous coronary artery dissection heart attack survivor. In 2010, after dealing with breast cancer and the effects of chemo and radiation, she decided to take control of her health. In the process of making significant lifestyle changes and losing 135 pounds, she found her passion in learning about health and nutrition. In 2017, she experienced another major health event when she had a SCAD, followed by a heart attack, which made her double down on her self-care. She goes wherever there is an audience to talk about heart disease in women, what to look for, what to do if you have it, and how to prevent it. Women Heart is the only national coalition for women with or at risk for developing heart disease. As a Women Heart champion, Karen has been trained by the Mayo Clinic to share her heart story and important messages about heart health to empower women to take charge of their heart health. Women Heart champions often partner with local organizations such as hospitals, work sites, places of worship, and other local organizations to distribute educational materials give presentations, conduct special events, or encourage the media to cover heart health stories. She's retired from her corporate day job as director of tax audits, and now makes her living as a health and nutrition coach. She works with women who are living with or at risk for developing heart disease or other chronic illnesses that can be managed through lifestyle and nutrition changes. Karen attended the Institute of Integrative Nutrition and is a certified health coach. She also attended a course given by the American Association of Nutritional Consultants and is a certified nutritional consultant. Along with those certifications, she is also certified in Whole Foods Plant-Based Nutrition from eCornell. So, kind of an expert, right? I asked Karen to join me during the month of February, Heart Health Month so she could impart some wisdom on us and let us know how we can use our veganism to extend compassion to ourselves and take care of our hearts. Here we go. Hi, Karen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for inviting me, Kimberly. I'm so happy to be here. I am so happy to have you here. February is Heart Health Month, and I'd love to know why Heart Health Month is so important to you.
1: And I would love to tell you that many years ago, I had breast cancer and I changed my life and I developed a whole healthy lifestyle that included eliminating meat from my diet, eliminating a lot of other things from my diet over time. And that happened in 2009. And so when then you fast forward to 2017 and I was sitting in a meeting and I started to feel an interesting feeling in my chest that... Couldn't quite, you know, I couldn't quite understand because it was a tingling, burning sensation. It wasn't terribly painful, but then it started to radiate out to the tops of my arms. And so I figured I needed to get help. Well, fortunately, I was in this meeting at the hospital, my, lo- my local hospital, so as luck would have it. They took me over to the ER, hooked me up to an EKG, and I was having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. But what they found out when they took me up to the cath lab, they thought that they were gonna have to put a stent to open a blockage. What they found out is my arteries are clear and probably because of the lifestyle I had adopted some you know some years before. And it wasn't anything that was caused by a plaque blockage. It was actually called a spontaneous coronary artery dissection. So that meant that part of my artery split off caused a flap which blocked the blood flow, which caused the heart attack. And then as I developed a relationship with my cardiologist, she thought I would be a good candidate to become a women heart champion. So she sent me out to the Mayo Clinic to be trained and I am now a women heart champion community educator. So I go out into the community and I talk about women and our unique challenges around heart health, like what our symptoms might be, what our risk factors are and what happens sometimes when we find ourselves in the medical system because if we don't fit a profile of someone they expect to be having a cardiac event, a woman is seven times more likely to be sent home from the ER while she's having a cardiac event than a man is. That's... So it's really important to be able to advocate for yourself.
0: Yeah, that's horrifying. So I guess they're expecting that if you're not an, maybe an overweight man in his 50s or older, then you're probably not a candidate. Yeah, exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. If you're a young, fit woman and you show up Having cardiac symptoms, they may send you home telling you that you're under a lot of stress. Yeah. You are having indigestion. Maybe you're you're having an anxiety attack or something like that. It's really it's it's quite frightening. But if you're seen by a, a, a an ER doc that's female, your chances double of survival. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's really yeah it, it's it's kind of interesting how that plays out. And that's for men and women. Hmm. That. Your, your chances of survival are much higher if you see, if you see a female or a doc.
0: So how do we, as women, if we find ourselves in this situation, how do we advocate for ourselves? Well,
1: assuming that you are conscious when this is happening, yeah. you will ask for, uh, if you think there's something going on and, and part of it is our own fault, right? Because part of it is we don't understand what's going on in our own bodies because the symptoms that we feel are not what we expect to feel when there's a cardiac event happening. Okay. So it's, it's, it's the education you need to understand what those symptoms are. But if you feel like those symptoms can be attributed to something with your heart, you need to ask for the tests and don't allow them to just kind of brush you off and tell you that you need to settle down or you need to calm yourself or whatever silliness they tell women. And so it's you wanna have uh, an EKG, the very, the very basic EKG, you also wanna have your uh, your cardiac enzymes tested, the troponin level, which is the enzyme that elevates when there is heart damage happening. Oh. And, and that doesn't necessarily happen immediately. So you wanna be monitored over a period of time so that they can see if something is going on that it just hasn't registered yet. But it's really important to not allow the medical staff to be dismissive of your symptoms. Yeah. But again, you, you, sometimes we don't even we don't even get our symptoms looked at. Sometimes we will kind of brush them off ourselves and go about our lives because we're everybody's busy, right? And and if you <laughs> feel like a little something going on, but it's not really debilitating, you're going to wait until later to to take care of it, or you're going to pop some acids or something like that. Yeah. So it's really important to know what symptoms can mimic other things, or, or you know what 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 symptoms that could be attributed, attributed to other things, can also be attributed to a cardiac event.
0: Mm, okay, that's really helpful, thank you for that. In your case, it wasn't about what you were eating, that wasn't what created, um, or what led to the heart attack, but for so many people, men and women alike, what they're eating absolutely is what they um, is absolutely the reason why they're looking at a heart attack, diabetes, things like that.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, you know, one of my favorite, uh, plant-based doctors, and we'll get into this probably a little bit later is Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. And he has a whole thing about how to heart attack proof yourself by eating lots and lots of leafy green vegetables. He, you know, he talks about how it, um, they repair your endothelial cells and, um, allow your heart to, to flow. the blood to flow and, and pump and, and I think he calls it a toothless paper tiger that need never have existed. How do we as vegans, there is such, there's so much junk food and vegan junk food out there. How do we as vegans avoid that, avoid taking in all the, the, the fat and the calories and, and just eat more healthfully while still living this compassionate life?
1: So, you know, it's, it's nice to know now that carnivores aren't the only ones that have the junk, a corner on the junk food market, <laughs> right? the, the vegans, vegans have now entered into that, that realm. First of all, I think that there's a, there's a misconception that fat is the enemy and fat is not the enemy, especially plant-based fat. Plant-based fat is not the enemy. It's animal fat is the only place that you're going to get uh, cholesterol. you know, that's going to introduce cholesterol into your body. Your body manufactures its own cholesterol because it needs it. Your your organs need it. Your brain really needs it. Your brain is made up mostly of fat and water. Mm. And so it's really important to get the proper fat into your diet. And plant-based fat is a good, it's a good source of fat for your body. The biggest culprit is actually sugar or refined carbohydrates. And my... You, it's my experience has been that people who convert from a carnivorous diet to a vegan diet will often try to replace their uh, meat-based food with a vegan substitute. And, that, and those aren't always the best choice because a lot of times they're, you, they're highly processed. You've got these fake hamburgers that taste like meat yeah i think they taste like i mean the texture is kind of you know i'm making faces (laughs) but the um you the 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 transition from being a carnivore to a vegan there does need to be a transition sometimes people can't just jump off the cliff Mm -hmm. but ultimately what i think what I think that the goal should be for somebody who is becoming a vegan or who becomes vegan, it should be to eat plant-based the way plant-based was meant to be eaten. So eating raw or steamed veggies, eating fruits, eating plenty of you know fruits and vegetables, eating whole grains, whole minimally processed grains, not white things that have been stripped of all benefit so that they can sit on the shelf for 15 years. Yeah, it's the stuff that will go bad, mm-hmm. right? Because the reason the reason food doesn't go bad is because they've stripped out all of the the good stuff and they've replaced it with manufactured stuff. Mm-hmm. So, so to uh, to become to be a healthy vegan, there's so many ways that you can do that, but it's really eating as close to nature as you can get, as close to the way food has came came from the earth or you know like plants that come out of the earth you can cook them you can you can cook with them you can uh bake with them you can do all kinds of stuff but you don't have to process process them to death and you don't have to add a lot of chemicals and i think that that's what happens when you have these these kind of meat substitutes or these carnivorous you know Mm lookalikes. they are full of a lot of things that you probably wouldn't put into a recipe
0: Yeah, for sure. One of the questions that we've, we get as vegans, no doubt across the board, 100% is where do you get your protein? So we're not looking at the obvious ones where we're looking, Oh, this bar, you know, this, uh, burger substitute and like those kinds of things, where can we get true plant protein?
1: Well, first of all, anything that is that has ever been alive has protein in it, because cells need less protein to live. Mm-hmm. So every single thing, every plant that you eat is going to have protein in it, as long as it is, you know, a relatively healthy version of that plant. If it's been beaten to death through processing, then maybe not. <laughs> but if you have, you know, if you're if you're eating something out of the ground, there's going to be some protein in it. You can also get protein from uh, Soy products. Now, some soy products are highly processed, but some of the better ones, like tofu, you can. You know, tofu is a very good source of protein, and it's very heart healthy. It's it's got protective qualities to uh, for your heart, uh, and other derivatives of that, like tempeh. Mm. Um, I think tempeh's got wheat gluten in it, so if you're gluten free, which isn't what I am, uh, I don't eat tempeh. Excuse me, and say ten. Is that, I don't. I don't
0: know if I'm saying I, that. I, I call it Satan. <laughs> I remember you telling me that. So Maybe I, because it's more fun. It feels more fun, a little yeah. naughty. It, I don't know. <laughs> it feels little, yeah, it
1: feels a little decadent. <laughs> but uh, that's also you know that's a that's a, a soy product as well. Soybeans, edamame. I mean, you yeah. can get any better than that, right? Because that's that's edamame is soybeans, mm-hmm. and, and that is really tasty. I really love that. Steam that! Oh my gosh, I could eat that all day long. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really good source. Uh, uh, legumes, you know, uh, lentils, um, nuts and seeds. They, these are all, and they're all high in fat, but good high quality fats. They're high in protein. Mm-hmm. They're high in fiber. They they bring, in plus they've got a, a number of different uh, minerals in them. That depending on what they are, you know, they have all kinds of you know, different nuts and seeds. Uh, protect different aspects of your body you know they, they 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 nourish different organs and and they they're really good for you uh, uh avocado avocado is an amazing source of all kinds of good stuff
0: yeah
1: and i use avocado every day <laughs> nice I, yeah, <laughs> I love it and it's really you know it's got a lot of protein it's got a lot of fiber it's got a lot of good stuff in it and but there are plenty of ways that you can get your protein you have to be you have to be strategic about it because it just does take a lot more volume of vegetables to get protein to, to get the, the amount of protein that you need uh, but you can certainly easily do that you know peas peas uh, have protein they they're a good source uh, all kinds like I said all kinds of beans and every, all that stuff they, they, there's absolutely no limit to the, the amount of protein that you can find in a vegan diet
0: And I think, too, what makes them even better and, you know, taking all the cruelty and and all of that out when we're comparing um, animal flesh to uh, vegetables, and beans and stuff like that is that they also have all the fiber that we need, right? Our bodies need fiber. And when you're chomping on, you know, a piece of animal muscle, there's no fiber in that, but in all the vegetables and the beans and stuff, we're getting not just the fiber that we can actually process, but also the insoluble fiber, which keeps our gut healthy, right? Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And they, they, you know, the standard American diet is so, de- it's so depleted of fiber that we should be having at least 25 to 30 grams of fiber per day in our diet. And the standard American diet has less than five grams. Oof. So you have all this gut imbalance going on and your gut is your second brain. It is where your immune system primarily resides. Mm. Your gut rules the day. And if it is out of balance, things are not going well. And you may not even realize it. If you've lived your entire life in that condition, you may not even realize that you have problems in your belly and until, until you stop having them and you realize how much better you feel. <laughs> right? I mean, we have, there's so many people that have IBS, you know, irritable bowel syndrome or Crohn's disease or uh, uh, inflammatory colitis or what you know, all of these horrible bowel and intestinal re- intestinal uh, disorders that are very often attributable to the lack of fiber in, in the diet, the highly processed nature of the food that people are eating. And then add on to that stress you know the stress the external stress plus the stress that you're putting on your body because you're eating so badly yeah. because your body is your body's going to stay alive as long as it can until it can't any longer mm-hmm. and so it's going to it's going to survive on that as long as it can but wouldn't it be better to thrive and it's amazing the difference that that it makes in your body i'm sure you felt it yourself kimberly when you went when you when you left meat behind. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. The difference in your body, you don't, you don't have that heavy lump of stuff that's sitting Mm -hmm. in your stomach, you know, that doesn't digest so quickly and probably putrefies before it actually leaves your body.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Who needs that? (laughs) Not me. You know, I, when I was in high school, that's, I, I had IBS for a long time. And when I was in high school, that's when it really kicked up. Uh, I was still you know, really, I was a meat eater, a very heavy meat eater. I've talked about this in other episodes that like, I could have lived on just like burgers, turkey sandwiches, and, and some cheese, and I would have been good. I didn't really eat vegetables. Um, so when I, and I remember there was a time where every morning I would wake up and I would feel so sick that I'd be like downing Pepto-Bismol. Like my parents stopped buying Pepto-Bismol because they thought I had a problem with Pepto-Bismol. And then I I went vegetarian, but I was still eating cheese. And so the IBS didn't go away. And it took until I went vegan for it to, and and it just stopped. The difference in constantly being aware of my digestive system to not being aware at all, because there's no pain, there's no spasms, there's no, oh my God, I have to run to the bathroom. Oh, so embarrassing. I'm in my early twenties, like my late teens, early twenties. And it's like, I have to scope out where the bathrooms are just in case I eat something that sends me over the edge. And I don't deal with that at all anymore. Isn't that
1: incredible? Yeah. That's an, that is so impactful, that story. Seriously. I mean, So what does that mean? Well, first of all, I think you were in—you were lactose intolerant. That's what—that's what that sounded like to me. Because if the cheese was still causing the problem, you got rid of the meat. Yeah, I'm—I'm fairly certain most people are lactose intolerant to some degree. It's just a matter of degree and what you're willing to put up with. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, some people don't want to give up their ice cream or their cheese. Cheese is addictive. Cheese is—is like a—it's like cocaine. It's like sugar. It—it actually has chemicals in it that causes addiction you know it causes the the
0: addictive part of your brain to turn on and be at high alert Mm -hmm. and you know that's interesting because so often when i talk to people who are not vegan but they're interested that's the one thing i hear every single time uh you know i could be vegan if i didn't have to give up cheese i just i can't give up cheese it's so good and it it absolutely is so outside it, it has the um it has the addictive properties within it, like that opiate response in your brain. And then the way that, like, especially cheese more so than milk, right? That, that creaminess and that the texture of the the mouthfeel, like the whole experience of cheese, it just, it can be really, really addictive. Like I find I had to, I mean, my reason for not eating cheese anymore was because I understood the level of cruelty involved in obtaining the cheese, Uh, And so when I finally sat down and and said to myself, like, okay, this is enough. Like you have to stop contributing to that. It made it very easy to not do it anymore. But the reason why I ate it for so long, I think is because of the addictive properties because I knew what was happening, but I couldn't, couldn't I I just like, yeah, it it was difficult because it's so addictive. And so like, do you have any, Tips. So, um, so, you know, you're a health coach. And so do you have any tips for people who are trying to eat more healthfully, how to make vegetables tasty, how to kind of let go of something that's so addictive, like cheese? Well, the way I
1: did it is I, I, I did it incrementally. You know, I stopped portions of, you know, I, I changed my diet in, in steps so the first thing I did was I gave up, I actually, I gave up meat for Lent one year, one year, and I just never went back. Yeah. And I, I, I figured I would just try it for Lent and I didn't miss it. And so I just continued. And I, that was whatever it was, 10, 11 years ago. And and I'm really happy that I did. And then I I stopped eating gluten because I found out that gluten was, you know, I, I'm, I don't think I'm, I don't, I know for sure I don't have uh celiac disease but i think i might have some level of sensitivity to gluten or intolerance or whatever you want to call it there's a, spe- a spectrum yeah. of gluten you know sensitivity but the, the worst of it being celiacs. but i um, so i i did it incrementally i i did what i did incrementally but for somebody who wants to who who wants to start you know dip their toe in the water uh, i would like people to consider first of all eliminate the word can't from your from your vocabulary. You can do anything. If somebody held a gun to your head and said you cannot have cheese, I'm pretty sure you can give up that cheese. Yeah. Right? I know it is not it is not a pleasant feeling to think that you'll never have cheese again. But if you keep if you think about the never and the can't and the impossible and all of that, of course it's all going to come true. Right. So it's really you have to change your perspective. Mm-hmm. And I'm when I when I coach people it's all you know I I, I, I try to change their, their, their self-talk and their vocabulary around the can'ts and, the, and whatever, the impossibilities and whatever, other negative thoughts that they have. But if you're gonna, if you're gonna take, you dip your toe in the water, I would take the plate and I would make at least 75% of that plate when you're eating vegetables or fruits, you know, vegetarian foods. Mm-hmm. And I may, you know, they, that can include whole grains, and vegetables fruits and if you're still going to eat meat make meat a side dish on your way out of eating meat and and then ultimately make it smaller and smaller and the vegetables more and more but meat should never be a primary you know that should not be the the uh, the main attraction that should always be a side dish and you know if you if you are eating carnivorously but but to to pull yourself out of that lifestyle and you wanted to kind of Wean yourself away from it. Just do it a little bit at a time, and and eat uh, eat interesting vegetables and make interesting salads. I I make a salad every day, and right now you know we're in New Jersey. It's we got fifty feet of snow on the ground or whatever crazy amount <laughs> know, of snow we have. It's cold, and, and the vegetables you know the 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 fruits and vegetables aren't optimal. You yeah. know. So what I do for a salad is I get spring greens, you know. So that's a variety of different um, baby greens, mm-hmm. and I snip up some scallions, and I toast up some almonds, sliced almonds, and I put that in there. And you know, one of my one of the things that I do indulge in from time to time is vegan cheese, vegan Parmesan cheese. Okay. Uh, I don't I don't use a lot of it because substituting. You know, vegan vegan stuff or carnivorous stuff is, like I said before, you know, that's it. it the, the substitute is probably not that, a, not that great of a choice, mm-hmm. but the Parmesan, you know, it's got that strong Parmesan cheese uh, flavor, so you don't have to use a lot of it. And I'll put that on my salad and I make my own salad dressing, which is so easy. It takes seconds, seriously <laughs> seconds. I put some olive oil, some uh, flavored balsamic vinegar, and I'll take about five cloves of garlic and put them all in a jar and let them sit. And the garlic will infuse into the salad dressing. Put a little bit of salt in there um, and just let it sit. When I'm ready to use it, I just shake it up and I pour it on the salad. Actually, I, I make a gigantic salad for my husband and me because we eat a you know big salad and then whatever else we're eating. But then I'll just I'll dress the salad so that I'm not, we're not dumping tons of salad dressing on it. And I put a little bit of salad dressing on it, and I mix it all in, you know, with some tongs. I mix it all, so all of the salad is coated, but it doesn't have a ton of dressing in it. I know exactly what's in the dressing, so that's no chemicals. It's it's you know it's it's uh, organic olive oil, high quality balsamic vinegar, and garlic. And so that's and if you if you add a salad to each at least once a day, you're gonna get a bunch of greens, which is gonna be helpful. It's gonna to help to fill you up. Yeah. It's gonna to help to you're gonna get a lot of different um, you know, a lot of different vitamins from that. And then as you get into the season where where things are more prevalent, you know, the in the summertime, the springtime, when when the vegetables and um all the colorful stuff is available to us, add that in because every color represents a different set of nutrients. Mm. Right. So it's so you just get more and more nutrients from that. But um, so so everybody who wants to eat healthy should probably have much more vegetables, many more vegetables, because, you know, you know, people aren't eating enough vegetables. Right. They're just not.
0: Yeah. And, I think, and, you know, so many of us have grown up with the vegetable was the side dish, not the main dish. Exactly. So the idea of having a full bag of broccoli, like I'll take one of the big bags of broccoli, I'll dump it into a pot, steam it up, I'll eat the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what know.
1: I've heard of. <laughs> and it, that's, the, that's delicious. I think that, or, or take it and uh, maybe saute it in a little uh, olive oil with some garlic. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. That is decadent and put, and then you squirt some lemon juice on it.
0: Yeah. Or a little bit of hummus. Uh,
1: yes. Yeah, <laughs>
0: absolutely. Yeah. Bring hummus? <laughs> I'm always bringing my hummus. <laughs> yeah, me too, actually. <laughs> absolutely. That's our the go-to, right? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. That's, that's delicious. Yeah. I use, I've used hummus. And um, a number of things because hummus is such a unique and strong flavor that I put it in um, like quinoa. I'll make quinoa sometimes and put a, a little glob of hummus in there and mix it up. And that will give, cause quinoa is like a tofu. It'll just absorb whatever flavors you because it has no real flavor of its own. Right. Um, sometimes I'll use that on brown rice, mm. you know, just to, just to give it some flavor. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love to use hummus as, a, as an ingredient actually. Yeah,
0: yeah me too. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned the, uh, the flavored balsamics To make things a little more exciting, right? Um, Where do you get yours from? Well,
1: I found this really cool place in Cape May. Okay, it's not down this. It's not down the street exactly, but uh, so I bought a bunch of them there when I was there. I don't know a year or so ago, and uh, but there is you know farmers markets. A lot of farmers markets. uh, Stockton Market. um, It's probably a little bit far for you, but uh, the one in Flemington, DeVore Market. Mm you know, these are, the farmer's markets often will have uh, olive oil vendors. Okay. And, I, and and the olive oil vendors will also have uh, balsamic.
0: Sometimes. Yeah. I've uh, heard of, a, oh, I'm sorry.
1: That's all right. It's just another market.
0: <laughs> I, uh, I've been meaning to try California balsamics as they get, um, you can order online. So like anybody listening, no matter where they are, at least in the U.S. for sure, um, can find really good quality balsamics there. And I um, I really am excited to try, they make like chocolate flavored and cherry flavored, but they're the same, you know, uh, like nutritional makeup as like a balsamic. So that like the sugars and and the, um, they're all kind of the same. There's not like, and there's no dairy in it. So they're not making like milk chocolate balsamic. Um, but the thought to like, even, to have like desserts right take some maybe strawberries when they're in season which like here in new jersey is what like a month um <laughs> but okay. they're in season with some um some like chocolate balsamic like oh it'd be so amazing and like super good for you because vinegar is really good for your insides it is yeah.
1: absolutely yes it's very good for your gut and um, so yeah, those are. I like the fruit flavored. I've never tried. I didn't even realize that that existed. The, tr- the chocolate. So So I have to look into that. You're welcome. But the Fruit flavored ones um, are good, and um, fig. So fig, mm-hmm. you know, figs are really good for you. Um, so the fig, uh, I get that actually from trade. Uh, no, um, Whole Foods uh, fig balsamic. But um, you know, I and I would I would actually encourage you to spend the extra money to get the higher quality um olive oil and balsamic vinegar and um and you can in you don't always have to use balsamic vinegar either i sometimes what i'll do is um i'll use apple cider vinegar in a different type of dressing mm-hmm. that is really good for you that's that's what you know you can use that for uh heartburn and that's instant instant gratification when you use it yeah. for heartburn. <laughs> absolutely but um I was just going to, Oh, I, another dressing that I do is a, a strawberry cream and I use a cashew cream. Ooh. So yeah. Have you ever made cashew cream? No. Oh, so easy. Yeah. Yeah. So easy. You just soak some cashews for a while, for about, you know, a couple hours maybe. Um, and then you dump out the soak water and then you add a little bit more water into it and you use your high powered blender, mm-hmm. your smoothie blender. If you, if you have a, yeah, everybody has to have a smoothie blender. Okay. If you don't go out and get one, <laughs> but, um, uh, you use that use that until it uh, until it just gets creamy, okay. and that you can use as a savory or a sweet base. Oh, it's very good. It's, yeah. And it's cashews. I mean, it's unless you're allergic to nuts, um, it's a it's a really good base to use for things that would otherwise have a cream type thing. You know, okay. I've made I've made puddings with it. I made like a a pumpkin pudding. What did I put in it to? I can't remember what I sweetened it with. Probably. Um, Probably either maple syrup or honey.
0: Okay.
1: Do do you use honey as? Um, no. The, okay. So maple syrup.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, would be a good uh, and so you can make and so it it'd be like pumpkin pie, like a like a pumpkin mousse almost because the the cream is very like moussey sort yeah. of. Yeah. Oh wow, that's amazing.
0: Yeah. yeah. Thank you
1: for that tip. <laughs> yeah. You can make chocolate mousse with avocado, which is quite delicious. Right. Yeah, and it doesn't taste like avocado, right? It does not, no. Avocado is very mild. And so when you add it to things, I put it in my smoothie and it's like, um, just gives it a very thick consistency and it's delicious. Yeah, But it doesn't, it does not give you the avocado taste. Okay. It's not like you're drinking guacamole. I
0: mean, maybe I've done that. I'm not going to admit it. (laughs) I love guacamole, so I can understand that. (laughs) Me too. Um, so I, I briefly talked about at the start, um, one of my favorite plant-based doctors, uh, since we're talking about health and, and things like that. Um, do you have any either suggestions of like websites or, or plant-based doctors that you're familiar with or if people are looking for that kind of support where they might want to turn?
1: There's a lot of online presence for, for such doctors. Uh, Dr. Joel Furman. Is one he uh, he advocates for a plant based uh, regimen you know Mm -hmm. eating plan Uh, I don't like the word diet because it has dye in it (laughs) Um, uh, then you know Doctor Esselstyn Colin Campbell T Colin Campbell I took his course actually because I am whole food plant based certified Oh Um,
0: okay you want to tell us a little bit about that. Well,
1: yeah, so it's, uh, it was done through eCornell, which is the uh, electronic version. It was like the online version of Cornell University. Okay. And I, uh, and it, this program just kind of gives you a, a basic understanding. It's, it doesn't die, it's, I don't think it's really a deep dive. It, I took it a while ago, but it gives you an overview and a, 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 a somewhat of a basic understanding of plant-based eating. Mm. And, but there, he, he and Esselstein worked there, worked together yeah. a lot. And uh, they they've come out with some pretty compelling reasons why you should stay away from uh, animal protein. Uh, mm-hmm. Not the least of which is it's can be carcinogenic. Yeah. You know, especially given the way it's treated and you know the, the stress that the animals go through and just the way it's all processed. And but yeah, Furman is somebody that I follow. Um, uh, what's his name? Oh gosh, uh, Ornish, Dean Ornish. Now he so. I did the Ornish program for cardiac rehab, which is primarily vegan. They use egg whites and nonfat dairy. So, but you don't have to eat those things and, mm. and stick with just the, the vegan aspect of it, which is mostly what it is. There's a lot of beans and a lot of tofu and a lot of soy-based things. Uh, but it's, um, these guys are all, they all have a very big online presence and it's probably likely that you can find recipes and um food choices pretty mm-hmm. easily from, from yeah. Gym.
0: Two of my favorites, um, so I love uh Dr. Neil Barnard. So he's out of the physicians committee for responsible medicine. Yep. And they have their 21 day vegan kickstart and tons of information on, on their site too. And you know, in addition to of course promoting a healthy um, way of vegan eating. They also are working to end animal testing in pharmaceuticals and, and um, they're doing really important work, but he's just so, I love listening to him talk, just seems like a regular guy. And you feel like when he's telling you about all these ways to be healthy and, and how being vegan can improve your life that way, like, it doesn't feel like you're being talked down to by a doctor, which is really um, important. And then uh, here in New Jersey, uh, I can't believe I almost forgot to mention him, uh, Dr. Ron Weiss. He is, um, if you ever get a chance to come up my way in the summertime, when we can be around people again, um, <laughs> he, is, he's, he runs the uh, Ethos Farm in Long Valley. And they, the last two years, 2018, 2019, actually, they did um, like days at the farm where they had speakers and, and stuff. So he, he brings people in. I actually got to um, meet both T. Colin Campbell and Caldwell Esselstyn at those. T- I know, oh my God, it's so amazing. And I feel like I'm surrounded by rock stars. It's just, what a nerd. Um,
1: <laughs> I love it. I'm just kind of nerd, so I get it. I get how you feel.
0: <laughs> it's just so incredible. They have, you know, so many amazing things to to share with us. But also, you know, since it's a farm, Dr. Weiss doesn't just do his like, you know, medical appointments there, and he does still see patients. Um, he's he's got this amazing farm where everything is about the the sustainability of the soil and the bioavailability within the vegetables. And and it's his farmer Nora. She knows everything there is to know about growing these amazing fruits and vegetables. And so they have a, a market um, every week from like June till November. And they they did a really great job with the COVID restrictions. But when that's all done, like we should definitely spend some time there. Um, you Indeed. would I would love to. I would <laughs> love to do that. Absolutely. That's yeah. so cool. I didn't know that existed. Oh,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it isn't. No.
1: Yeah. Oh, that good. Does. That gives us something to look forward to. Absolutely. <laughs> my One of my favorite quotes from Neil Barnard is that cheese, dairy cheese, is the nutritional equivalent to Vaseline. <laughs> I, I just, that stands in the state, that sticks in my head like, and and i tell people that yeah you know what that is
0: don't you right <laughs> i love that how have i missed that quote <laughs>
1: yeah. i'm fairly sure that it was him uh he's the one that said that i am i like 99 sure that it was him
0: yeah, yeah. oh he's so great yeah. um so do so cool. you how so let's say that um someone who, who wants to go vegan and who wants to be healthy and they want to make sure that they're taking care of themselves as much as they are, you know, taking care of the animals. But, so how would you help someone if they came to you as a health oh, coach? Sorry. <laughs> as a health
1: coach. I know.
0: So I would certainly, I
1: would, I would be, um, you know, I would certainly help them to identify the foods that are going to give them the most nutritional bang for their buck. And, and Help them to understand what they're undertaking, so that they can uh, they can eat the way they should eat, and not just substitute uh, plant-based junk food for carnivorous junk food, or or process, highly processed but vegan stuff for something that was you know in the in their old life. And it's really about trying new foods because very often you know if you're especially if you're coming off of the standard American diet. Very often your palate probably hasn't experienced some of the stuff that's available or you haven't you haven't really eaten beans. There's so many people I hear that tell me that they can't stand the texture of beans. What's wrong with beans? Seriously, what is wrong with beans? And if, and if you don't like them, then grind them up in your spaghetti sauce. You know, like that's what I do. So sometimes I do that for my husband. I'll have just marinara sauce and I'll put uh, white beans in it. White beans are harmless. They're just—they're so innocuous. They—they they don't taste like anything. So they—I mean, they do when you eat them by themselves. But when you when you put them, I use this, um an immersion blender. Okay. And I'll put that put them in there in the in the sauce, and I'll just blend them up, and it looks like uh, vodka sauce. Oh. Yeah, it's it's guy. It gets a, a pinker like a pinker texture or yeah to it. But, um, and then, you know, I use, if he's going to eat pasta, it's going to be brown rice pasta. It's not going to be white pasta. Because if you're going to eat healthy, if you want to be healthy, don't, you just try to, try to move away from the refined carbohydrates. And there are plenty of good quality whole grains that taste really good. And they actually, you'll find, I feel anyway, I mean, I, it's been my experience that when you eat a whole grain and you've been eating whole grains for a while, and then you taste something that's like white rice or white pasta, it, it doesn't have, it, it, there's nothing to it. It doesn't taste like anything. It's it, but the, the whole grains actually have a flavor to them because there's, there's, there's some stuff going on there, you know, like there's, there, there are ingredients within that whole grain Mm -hmm. that, that give them like a nutty flavor or just maybe a little bit of a stronger flavor. But then you go to the stuff that's been stripped of all nutrients and then you eat it, it doesn't, it doesn't compare. Yeah. You have to give yourself a chance to, to develop the palate for something that you're not used to eating.
0: Mm-hmm. I love uh, my favorite thing about brown rice. Well, I love the flavor. It's my favorite grain, hands down, but I love, I always say the bounciness of it. It, it's so much chewier, right? Than white rice. Yes. It's, it's a full experience. Like, it's not so chewy that it's like, oh, I'm wearing my jaw out, but it just, yeah, this simple little grain, it's yeah. a full experience in your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> there's a, um,
1: uh, there's a, a, well, it's a sushi restaurant that you can get vegan, vegan sushi, you know, vegetable sushi, mm-hmm. at, but they use black rice. Oh, yeah, um, and it's my favorite place to go for, um, because of the black rice, I just love it. And they have, um, but black rice is a really good choice or wild rice. You know, mm-hmm. wild rice has a lot of stuff going on there. You know, you've got the long, the long grains and then, then the, I don't know, the short grains, but they, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's nutty and it's, and it's chewy. And, but that's what you want. You want something that's got some substance to it because that's, what's, that's where the nutrients are,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? And the, you know, the, the stuff that's been stripped is gonna, you're gonna chew that up really quickly and it's gonna go and it's gonna jack up your blood sugar and um and then you you know you're going to go on that whole roller coaster ride of blood sugar unevenness you know so uh, it's just it, it once you start eating the whole grains i don't think you i don't think that the other stuff is appealing will be appealing to you
0: yeah i think so too and you know you mentioned salads earlier and i was thinking you know vegans really make the best salads because to us nothing is off limits like a salad is not just uh you know some iceberg lettuce a couple of tomato wedges (laughs) and some cucumbers i i've made salads where you know there's potatoes in them and and you know tons of vegetables and and uh i mean just even think about how beautiful it is because of all the different colors yeah that's it's, it can be fun, right? And you, you put all these colors together and you look at your, your plate or your bowl. I'm like, Oh my goodness. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. And everything, every color represents something better for you. You know, like something different, some a different nutrient that your body needs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, you can put fruit in your salads, I mean, yes. especially in the summertime. There's nothing better than having like some blueberries or some some um maybe some cherries or whatever strawberries or something Mm -hmm. in your salad and it it just makes it more interesting yeah i love it i think it's delicious yeah
0: one of my favorite summer salads is um spinach with strawberries artichokes Mm -hmm. uh red onion and a really good like balsamic vinegar or like a balsamic glaze oh boy (laughs) Making my mouth water. <laughs> I'm so hungry right
1: now. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> that's funny. Oh my goodness, that was that sounded just delicious. That, yeah.
0: Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> oh boy.
1: Uh... <laughs> what to dinner tonight?
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly if only strawberries were in season i i love a lot of frozen fruit
1: mm-hmm.
0: but i cannot eat frozen strawberries something about uh, well, oh yeah when they freeze i don't know the texture is just it doesn't work for me so i do love um so here's a fun um ice cream substitute let me know if you tried this uh bananas frozen bananas mm-hmm. and frozen fruit and that's it i don't even add like maple syrup or, or anything to sweeten it just blend that up. Oh, it's
1: amazing. I do that. So what I do is um, I sometimes I feel like I live up with a pack of monkeys in my house. I have to, I can't, I can't buy enough bananas, <laughs> but every so often they'll start to get riper than everybody wants to eat them. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, that's when I freeze them. So now every, you know, the riper they are, the more, the sweeter they are. So I freeze them and then I make that ice cream. And what I do with it is I will just use bananas and uh raw cacao oh you have chocolate ice cream and you can put maybe some strawberries in there but i use frozen strawberries in my smoothies and in um in that ice cream as well so i'll wow. we'll take the strawberries and the bananas and blend them up with That's the and, awesome. and, and, and
0: with the chocolate and it's delicious oh, now i know what i'm having for dessert yeah <laughs>
1: But it's so easy and it's, and it, you don't have to add any sugar because the bananas are more than sweet enough
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it's, um, and it's so much better for you than, than dairy ice cream. Yeah. You, know, you get all that potassium from the bananas and the cacao has got a lot of good antioxidants in it. Um, you just can't go wrong and, and you're eating dessert. Yeah. You know, like you're getting away with something
0: <laughs> so bad. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah. You know, it can feel sometimes I think there's a, you mentioned this before too, um, about language, the way that we, we talk about what we're doing and even just someone who is going vegan and plans to eat vegan junk food. There's still, um, and then of course, people who are trying to be healthy will say, oh, I can't eat that. Mm. Yeah. And and then it makes it something like forbidden and almost like you have to eat it. So for me, from the vegan perspective, it's always I won't eat that because people will say that oh I made this thing well, oh, but you can't have any. It's like no 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 I won't have any because you put animals in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I also for a huge chunk of my life was dieting and you know, when I was younger it was things like Slim Fast and and all that. So it was like really restrictive and awful and um, and now it's it is it's like you you can ha- I can still have ice cream. We just gave a recipe for ice cream, right? And so you can have dessert and there doesn't need to be this negative self-talk around that um, because you can do it in a way where you're nourishing your body and your mind. And you're, you're having a little fun, like food should still be fun. Right. And
1: and there's so much imagination that you can use in, in your, in, in, in assembling a meal. So some of the fun is in that, you know, just kind of identifying how you're going to put this meal together and what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, your crock pot, I use a crock pot a lot and I throw a bunch of different things. I, you know, I, I love to make a vegetable soup. Mm-hmm. And it's really just whatever whatever vegetables I feel like putting, and I also also make sure I put beans in it, just to make sure that I you know punch up the the uh, the protein content. But but it's really, and then you just cook it, and then I've got this, especially in the wintertime, You know, sometimes I might use the immersion blender so I can thicken it up a little bit, you know. And um, but it's just it, it's there's so many different ways that you can incorporate a, a vegan a healthy vegan approach to your To your uh, food choices that are delicious, and and you're right. But the thought of of it being a a forbidden a forbidden thing is really like that's that serves no one. That does not help you. Don't it? It's you're making a conscious choice to make to choose a food that is going to be kind to the environment. It's going to be kind to the animals, and it's going to be kind to you. If you if you come at it from a perspective of I'm doing this good thing, and if you're just thinking about it for yourself, you know, even if you're just kind of thinking about you, I'm doing this good thing for my body. Mm-hmm. I'm not depriving my body of something. I'm actually giving it something that it needs and that it, it's going to benefit from. And and I, that's that's the kind of the mindset that I think people should consider, you know, as as the way that they approach the choices of, of food that they pick, because if you if you Say something like you can. I I can't have. Don't first of all never internalize what somebody says to you. Never allow somebody else to tell you what you can and cannot do. Mm. You know you're a grown up. You're a you're you're a grown woman, and you can make those decisions on your own. But even like you will say to yourself, instead of saying I can't, like we were, we were talking about, I choose not to. I yeah. or in your case, I will not. I will mm-hmm. not. I die. My choice is I don't eat that. Yeah. I don't explain myself. I don't eat that. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, you can try just, no, I can't. I don't eat that. You know, yeah. there's still no, a little bit, right. You know, <laughs> I don't eat that. Yeah. So, and, 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 and never be apologetic about it. I, I, I don't think that you probably are, but never. <laughs> no, not me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I just, you know, I know that you're very, you're very firm in your convictions and I, um, And I, you know, I think that that's for somebody who was such a staunch meat eater for you to have found that big why. Yeah. I mean, that why is bigger than you are, right. It's bigger than you. And that's what makes it so successful for you because uh, it's just such a huge, you know, it's just such a huge impact Mm -hmm. in your, on your psyche. So, so um, but it, it really is a lot about the languaging and, and cause what you're, what you're, saying what your voice says your subconscious hears yeah yeah and and so you're going to internalize your own voice you're going to internalize other people's voices if you allow them in Mm -hmm. but but certainly you're going to internalize your own voice so it's really important to say the say the things that are going to benefit you yeah
0: you know yeah i think that's really helpful for listeners too who maybe are thinking well if i'm going somewhere and i've started eating this way people don't know or I, I've told them, but they're not really taking it seriously. Um, to that reminder, like, yeah, you you're a grown-up and you're making this choice for for you or for the animals or for both or whatever. And yeah, no one gets to tell you that you can even your grandma, your mom, like whoever that you have a, such a hard time saying no to. Um, yeah, yeah, you're a grown-up.
1: Exactly. You are a grown-up woman. Yeah, it's and the thing, you know. in in sparing somebody's feelings. I mean, you can, you don't have to be rude about it, obviously you can, but, but if you've already told them and then they didn't take it seriously, you don't, you still don't have to eat it. You know, you can go hungry for a little while. And then when you leave there, you can go home and have your, you know, whatever your vegan meal is, right. Uh, you don't have to, or you can eat ahead of time. If you think that the person is not going to, um, is not going to support you or is not going to respect what you've said, what you've told them, then prepare yourself and, and, and have some food in your body so that you're not starving when you get there. Mm-hmm. And, and then maybe get a little wonky on your convictions. Yeah. You know, especially if it's, you know, if, if it's vegan, unhealthy food and you really to, you're really trying to walk the healthy path, prepare yourself, fortify yourself before you go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really great advice. Thank you. Thank you. So I have one final question for you. And we touched on it a little bit. Um, What's your favorite way to eat hummus?
1: (laughs) What's my favorite way to eat (laughs)
0: hummus? Right out of the container. (laughs) (laughs) Yep.
1: I actually, I make my own. um, So I I like that better. I I will eat store-bought hummus sometimes, but I like to make my own because again, I know exactly what goes into it. And I like the taste of it better. No, I can I can adjust the spices the way I want to, and um, so I will mix it in things, or I'll put. I love uh, these little Mary's Gone crackers. Have you ever heard of them? Yep, love them, and they're yeah, good for you. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's now that's a good vegan junk food you can get behind. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not even junk food. It's got a lot of good ingredients in it. They're really you know, like, but uh, really I like to dip those in there because they're nice and crunchy. Mm-hmm. So if you, you have that crunch need. They're going to take care of that for you. Um, I put it. Sometimes I'll just put a little dab, a, a dab of uh, hummus on vegetables, just to change it up a little bit. Yeah. With some spinach, you know,
0: some cooked spinach. I make my own hummus too, for the most part. Um, I found a great recipe on YouTube, yeah. and it's it's oil free.
1: Yeah. I don't even put oil in mine.
0: Yeah. And the recipe does say to, you know, you can drizzle oil at the top, but within the hummus itself, um, there's no oil. I found that the trick is warm water in my food processor. And that really like creams it up since it's not like chunky. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It it can be a little dry if it doesn't have oil in it, but the warm water sounds like, yeah, I've never done that. I put water, I probably put cool water in it, but, um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, t- you use tahini in yours, I assume. Sometimes, but not
0: always. Yeah. I always use tahini. I, like, I love the taste of it's tahini. so good. Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. We pretty much eat just hummus, like, by the spoonful here. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: exactly. Yeah. It's a snack. Absolutely. <laughs> but the chickpeas are really good for you. All the ingredients in it are good for you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I discovered um, uh, the um, spices, the za'atar, I think is oh, how right. you how you say it yeah it's lebanese uh the one that i have and that really like oh the fl- it's the That's flavor funny. is amazing yeah so awesome. i'm gonna try it out yeah
1: And you put that in your hummus
0: yes you yeah okay. and then uh, or i'll sprinkle it on top mm-hmm. okay. yeah with some paprika mm-hmm.
1: yeah. all right i'm gonna give that a try i have to look it up yeah
0: yeah yeah, i'll share it i'll share the recipe and in the show notes too i'll even put the the link to the youtube uh video and the the youtube video has um the recipe like written out too so you don't have to watch the video if you don't want to so yeah i'll share that too but that's so good Thank you. (laughs) well thank you karen so much i loved loved having you here with me
1: i love doing it this is so much fun kimberly thank you for inviting me thank you
0: What a great conversation. I always enjoy connecting with Karen, and I am so glad I'm able to share her knowledge and her heart with you. If you would like to find out more about Karen, to work with her directly, or to schedule Karen to give a Women Heart talk, please visit yourpoweryourhealth.com. If you would like to learn more about the Women Heart organization, please visit womenheart.org. Find me on Facebook or Instagram under Did You Bring the Hummus for a complete list and links to all we've mentioned here today. I hope you have found this episode helpful and inspiring. If you have questions or are a vegan who would like to be interviewed on a future episode, please email me at hummus at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.